Welcome to Embrace Your Brain's exciting new series called Embracing the Mature Mind. Join Dr. Dee Coulter as she explores the natural brilliance awaiting us all in the upper decades. Welcome to the podcast. Today's topic, why showing up isn't easy. How are you folks doing these days? Has your life become a bit of a race against time? Are you feeling a bit beside yourself, not quite there, distracted, too tired, too stressed, too everything? So let's look at what's making showing up so hard and how we can actually do it. You remember back with Ram Das in 1971, he brought back from India three simple words. And they proved to be so darn challenging that they rocked the West. They were be here now. We soon discovered that simple didn't mean easy. The be part might not seem so hard. But let me tell you the story of a dear departed friend. She was spending the summer caretaking a ranch outside of town, and she loved it. She wanted to have a party to invite everyone she knew to come up and enjoy it, too. So there were enormous efforts in planning the food and the tables and chairs, the invitations, cleaning the house and the grounds. And then all the worries came. Would they come? Would there be enough food? And so on. The day came, and they did come. And the food was just right, and the weather was perfect. And she spent the whole time scurrying about, refilling the buffet tables, gathering up the trash, making sure everyone had what they needed, and insisting on doing it all. Finally, as the last folks headed off to their cars, she began to cry and said to me, they're all leaving just when I was finally ready to visit with them. So getting caught up in doing is obstacle number one to truly showing up. Well, that leaves the other two words, here and now. Here is going to be all about where we are, and now is all about when. Let's start by looking at what now calls for. It's very specific. It refers only to this moment in time. But time has a sneaky way of hooking us, drawing our attention into the future or back into the past. As kids would say, it can be the boss of us all day long. Or we can take charge and just give it a turn now and then. I mean, think about groceries. We have to do a bit of a feed forward in time to make the list. What are we going to need soon? What ingredients don't we have? What can we possibly fix for those dinner guests? But then we could dump it all onto a list and return to now. Then we could just be in the grocery store while we shop. But that can be incredibly hard. I mean, even making it down one aisle, really present with no daydreams, is quite a feat. We'd have to shut down the talk show that's going on in our head. All that chatter about what we're going to be doing next, or imagining what we're going to do with all these ingredients when we get them, or even running a total fantasy in our heads. We'd also have to override all the COVID signals. The masking, the social distancing that want to shut down our social engagement channel and keep our hearts from showing up. So see if you can override that once in the grocery store and show a kindness or make a friendly eye contact or even just talk to an employee and wish them a good day. And then there's the real shrine to time itself, our calendars. Packed calendars can be obstacles just in themselves. 
they can turn opportunities for enjoying being with somebody into a time slot in our day, and that becomes a transaction. We come away feeling disappointed or unfulfilled like my friend. We didn't open our hearts to send or receive warmth. If we're actually present with each other, there's still going to be that chilling sensation when one or the other snaps out of the present to notice the time. And then we begin to close down to leave. I can't help but think about how people with an indigenous heritage can relate to time. When they're in that cultural zone, tapping into the deep wisdom of their lineage, time changes. There's a direct tie to their ancestors, so we might consider that thinking in the past, but it's still now for them. The ancestors are always present there to consult, to feel supported by, so it's as if their present just stretches backward a little bit. When they practice traditions, they're clearly living in the present moment, as can we. So what about future thinking? When I think about how the indigenous mind addresses nature, there's a way that they can touch into what we might call the future because they're reading nature in extremely subtle ways. The animals, the humidity, even the rumbling of the earth can reveal a sense of an expanded present moment. It's a sense of what's coming soon. Many ranchers and farmers still have remnants of this. They'll talk about weather coming in. And having lived on my small ranch for about 40 years, I experienced that too. Everything I might have planned for that day or two gets co-opted, and all my attention is going to go to weeds and bird feeders and making sure that there's enough horse feed on hand and bagging anything that could blow away or get waterlogged and doing any chores I spot that would be so much harder to handle in the weather. But my mind is calmly locked into the present moment and the rhythm of each task. It fascinates me how the need to hurry and run adrenaline is usually quite optional, except if there's some kind of an emergency that completely interrupts the moment, like high fire danger and evacuation orders, or a power outage that could freeze the horse tank. So we've looked at the being part of Be Here Now, and the now part, the present moment quality, even when the moment is stretched a bit into weaving the coming soon and the ancestor support team into the now. But what about the here part? Here, the pitfall might be called too much rehearsal. I mean, consider all the ways we might relate to a mirror over the years. Being here would be staying in the body. Being there would be nearby, beside oneself, looking at the body. You know, we think of our teenage years. Posing, flashing the studied smile, flexing the muscles just so. Or, more recently, judging, lamenting, using clothes to decorate or camouflage ourselves. And then what about practicing? Isn't that a rehearsal too? So here's my take on that. As long as there's a nuance and growth with each session, it's still a present moment. We're building on a scaffolding of muscle memory, ceremony, artistry, and as we enter the upper decades, we can even look back and realize that these life practices have been a journey, allowing us to become the wise elder and mentor, allowing us to share the best of ourselves to the world. 
So I invite you to take a crack at being here now. Thanks. I really hope you'll join me in this important conversation. Please send your comments for sharing to d at embraceyourbrain.com. I look forward to hearing from you.